Welcome to Talk Design, the show where creatives have conversations. I'm Adrian Ramsey and I'm your host. Having lived a life of design myself, I wanted to share with you the creatives that inspire me and in turn may inspire you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. My guest on Talk Design today is Jody Carter. Jody is an interior designer and she operates in Sydney, Australia. Um, most of her clientele is in the North Shore and the Eastern Beaches. Now, during this podcast, if you hear some weird sounds, Jody's a dog collector. She's got uh, about four dogs in the room with her. So if you hear a bit of snoring, she's got them all sedated. Anyway, Jody, welcome to the show. Adrian, <laughs> that's lovely. Oh my god, <laughs> it's fabulous to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Jody is also a fellow Kiwi like myself, but we both uh, live in Australia. It's where our home is. Jody, I've got a, a a bunch of questions for you this morning. A bunch of questions for you. But one of the things we'll talk about the dogs at some point. But one of the things that I'd really like to know about is. You've got this weird fascination with taxidermy. (laughs) Tell me about that, would you? (laughs) Oh, my God. Thanks, Shelley. Um... (laughs) Mr. Shelley. (laughs) Cheers. Oh, dear. How did that happen? Is Is it something to do with where you bury bad clients or anything like that, or you like to keep the good ones stuffed and around you? <laughs> no, I think it's it's a bit of a strange thing, actually. Um, yeah, okay. So many, 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 many years ago when I was little, um, yes, and going to um, old homes and things with my grandmother, um, I remember um, seeing going to this home and there being deer heads and things mm-hmm. on the wall of this house. And I don't know why, but for some reason they were just like, yeah, I don't know. They really struck a chord, or they it, spoke it just, to you. Yes, yeah, spoke to me. <laughs> and it's you've been therapist my, ever since. my mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, yes. Yeah, so what was, what was what was that movie where he says, "I see dead things" or something? What was that oh, movie? That Bruce dead Willis people. movie. Yeah, I see yeah, dead with the little boy. Yeah. 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 Anyway, they spoke to you and it's stuck in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> stuck in my mind. So, um, yeah, so it started with I was just um, decided to collect uh, skulls. And yep. um, so I got a crocodile skull not that uh, a few years ago because before I, mean, I was travelling around or, you know, you, they just weren't sort of things that I would have thought Mm. to buy even though it was something yeah so it's become um the last sort of four or five years that I've actually been, begun collecting these pieces so I now have um a badger and oh, really wow he's beautiful his name's Ray um, as, a, as a skull or as no a, no he's no, actually taxidermy yeah, yeah right okay taxidermy badger I've got um a poo gecko Oh, wow, cool. Yeah, so, yeah that's is, a bird for people who aren't from New yeah. Zealand. Yep. Yes. Got, um, they, over here they call them swamp hens or something yeah. weird. Yeah. A poo kicko. We'll keep it with poo kicko. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have a African, is he a mar- marmot or something? There was a funny meme thing that was going around um, with this little fella on 
um, the internet and you go, Steve, Steve, Steve. Oh, no, yeah. Ellen, Ellen, no, it's Ellen, Ellen, Ellen. And then because, oh, no, it's not Ellen, it's Steve. And it's just a funny little character. Have to look so I've got one of those as well. And I've also um, got a crazy Canadian friend who I met when I um, first came over here as a backpacker. And um, he sent me a bear's foot. And I've got a horn from, I've got a, I've also got a, um, a deer horn that one that yep. he killed and then the bear's foot or no the bear's claw is from a bear that he killed um yeah and then i have crocodile skulls and rat skulls and a cat skeleton and yeah wow yeah it's really weird <laughs> well it, it isn't it, it it's 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 weird but fascinating weird it's like it's um I, you know, when there are skulls and stuff, obviously, like I know as a kid, you know, you go to the museum and you'd look at all those things through the, through the, you know, glass boxes that they're all presented in. And it's fascinating to see all that, all the bone structure and the way something works. You know, I often mm. think of, you know, when you saw the, being a Kiwi, you never saw one in New Zealand, uh, you never saw a snake kind of thing other than in a museum. Yeah. Or a zoo, yes. and um, to mm. actually see how a snake skeleton is, and things like that are really fascinating. I've, I've got a, I don't have a, a collection, but I do have a fascination for it. I only have one skull, um, and it's big, and it's a um, an Australian-born Texas Longhorn skull with horns. Oh. Oh. Yeah, yes. which which is um, yeah, which is really beautiful, like really, really beautiful. In fact, a friend of mine. Um, Primrose gave it to me because I was helping her with her interior design business and she makes them. She had a company at the time called Bonafide Designs and she said, oh, you know, I need to give you something. And so it's named Austin because of my love of Austin, Texas. Yes. And um, it's got, uh, it, it, I say it's stunningly beautiful. And I was like, oh, God, you know, you think that something dies for this. In the In the case of this one, it's got a, a small hole in its forehead and it was actually put down because it was in it was carving yes. and they would have lost the mother and the calf okay and so they had to kill the mother to keep the calf rather oh. than lose both and so yeah. it's a beautiful set of horns um yeah but and and I like I have it in my studio and it's um it's really cool and I've got you know like yeah things like um cowskin mat and stuff like that which my my wife is semi-vegetarian my kids are both vegetarian and they don't like those things in the house so you know they, st they stand funny. the studio <laughs> i am vegetarian and i have been for nearly 20 years and i've got a massive cowhide in the entry yep. as well and it had been in my son's bedroom in our old house because we just moved into this house not that long ago and I decided, and we've got carpet upstairs now, and I decided to put the hide in the entry and my um, daughter's uh, girlfriend um, came over the other day and she's like, oh, my God, when she walked in the door, she said <laughs> she was so shocked to see, she knows I've got all this other stuff everywhere, but to see the hide on the floor because I'm vegetarian. But yeah, I said to her, well, it's a waste product of the meat that, 
you know, that uh, meat eaters eat. And if I didn't have it on my floor, then it would go into, like it either goes, to, you know, to waste or it's, yes. it's made into A lot go to waste. A lot go to waste. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's one of those things. So I choose to have it there. But, yeah, I don't eat animals. Um, but <laughs> just just murder your vegetables, but you don't eat animals. Yeah. <laughs> Oh I'm, I'm not a vegetarian and um I went I I I collect um I've got a bit of a collection of crystals you know crystal rocks and you know just different geology pieces that I love and uh, I was recently down in one of the stores locally buying some and anyway a girl that I know fairly well was working behind the counter and I've, I've surfed with her over the years for years and years I've surfed with her and um, she was working, oh, Tracy, you know, oh, I didn't realise you were here. And she goes, oh, no, I'm just working part-time in here and da-da-da-da-da. And uh, anyway, we were, I said, I'm starving. I'd been surfing and I'd said, I'm starving. And um, she said, well, they've got a cafe in this place. And she said, well, get something from the cafe. And I went, oh, no, I, I like cows because they've got meat in them and I like um, you know, pigs because they've got bacon in them. And she said, you can't say that in here. Like, it's fully vegetarian. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, too funny. Um, so the taxidermy thing, do you seek out um, new new pieces? And do you have clients that um, love it as well? Does it attract clients or do clients even know this dark side of you? Oh, no, they don't know this dark side of me, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But they probably will now if any of them listen to this. Um, yes. So how did it happen? Um, the first one, uh, we were in, I just got, no, I've been watching um, Architectural Digest on YouTube in mm -hmm. lockdown and it was the burlesque lady. What's her name? Mm. Uh, Dita Von Tees. Dita Von Tees, yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, and they went I don't through. think you were the only person watching her in lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, anyway, they, they toured through her house and I just went, oh, my God. And, like, memories kind of came flooding back as well of other things that I'd seen and I went, that's it, I'm getting a taxidermy. So we went to Mitchell Road Antiques and um, we were wandering around. And I was actually looking for a pheasant or something yeah. kind of regular type of thing or a deer head. Anyway, the pheasants were in terrible condition. There were some monkeys, but my son loves monkeys and he wouldn't have coped if I'd brought home a monkey. Yeah. And then um, in the corner, there was this big, um, he's huge, actually, a big um, box, an uh, acrylic but, box or Perspex box. This is where the, with the badger in it. Wow. Yeah, at, at Mitchell Road Antiques. And um, my daughter was with me and her friend and old girlfriend and, and someone else, I can't remember, and she said to her friend, we're going home with that. Badger, I just know it. And yeah, well, you know. <laughs> she was right. <laughs> she was right. And we, yes. And and I was like, they said it's been here for years. No one's ever taken it. I said, You're kidding. Like I walked in and I was like, I saw him and I grabbed him and I put him right oh we have to put him on the bench yes before someone else gets him i thought yeah right might. yeah he's hot property <laughs> yes i thought someone that i want a sold sticker on that please yeah i know i haven't paid for it yet but i want a sold sticker on it <laughs> that is mine 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. I was in love. Oh, my God. And they were like, he's been here for years. We're so glad <laughs> someone's, someone's finally taken him. <laughs> what a cool yeah. thing. So um, and then I went back there again not that long after looking for something else and I, because um, I had skulls before that, I've got like a warthog skull and I had the yeah. crocodile skull and yeah. rats and things <laughs> and, the, and the cat skeleton that I stole from a school. Um, <laughs> where I, the I police will be around. <laughs> taking my daughter for drama classes. Um, yeah, and I found the poo kiko, so we came home with the poo kiko, and then um, it was my birthday, and my daughter found the little Ellen, 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 the marmot yeah. guy um, online on eBay. So we bought him, got him yep. off eBay. Yeah, came up from Melbourne. <laughs> you're you're going to certainly attract people with um, that fascination for it. It's <laughs> interesting though that you don't you so. And when you're doing your interior design, you don't mix it into your client's work. Unless, and do you ever test them out to discover whether they have an interest? I tried a few with skulls, um, as in like skull paintings. Yeah. Um, or uh, when I do my, I was talk, uh, in a meeting with some clients the other week and there's a, we use Revit for our drawing program yeah. and there's actually a little skull, a human skull in there that you can like I dropped him into their entertainment unit and had him sitting on the entertainment unit, the skull. And I've got a skull tattoo on my arm. So like they know it's only little, like yeah. my wrist. All right. Yep. Got it. Um, and so they know that they've seen their tattoo, but uh, we were talking about the design for the entertainment unit and they said, I said, oh, they said, what are we going to put on it? And I said, you can put a skull on it. And then they were laughing and saying things like, oh, what's this like? Uh, is it like? Um, a cult. Is <laughs> it cult? Or the, find, find the skull. Are you going to hide oh, it? Oh, where's Wally? House? Where's, where's Wally? Wally? And, yeah. yeah, find the skull in our house. Yes, I'm going to uh, yeah, bring my skulls into your house. And I recently did, um, we did a photo shoot, a professional photo shoot, um, in one of my um, jobs as well, and I snuck in one of my scales into, into that into that as well, <laughs> the shoot as well. But that was actually it was a I think did I put it was just it was a gold one. I've got a gold yeah. human skull. I actually wanted to get a human skull too, um, but my friend at the time when I was in Queensland buying my crocodile skull wouldn't let me. She's like, no um, way. I, I've, I've come across a few crystal skulls. You know, you've seen crystal skulls. Yes. Um, I've come across a few of those. And um, one of the things that um, I've uh, had discussions with people about, you know, human skulls and stuff, and they say, yeah, well, I've been told and been told by them, you know, you, and I've got a belief around this thing as well, which is embodied energy. And um, you want to be very mindful of, this is what they've said to me, but you want to be very mindful of the embodied energy of anything that you have in your possession. And um, I went, oh, okay. And they said, so, um, you know, there, there is like, you know, obviously human skulls and stuff like that, but you, you want to almost know the story. Um, yes. if, if, it's, if it could have an effect on, your, on the embodied energy, 
embodied energy could have an effect on you. On the podcast, I've got a guy called Wells Mason who is um, a sculptor and um, designer from Austin, well, from Maitland, Texas, I think it is. Anyway, and he talks about um, in his podcast about the Red Lady, which is he, he tells the story about a ghost oh. in a possessed house. Yes. And um, that he owns this possessed place oh and God, uh, yeah. and it was possessed. And um, anyway, they, they, the uh, spirit was exercised from the house across uh, the house, a hotel across the road or down the road from him. Yeah. And it came into his workshop and his daughter could see it. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, amazing. it's really fabulous. Yeah, yeah, the red lady. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, oh interesting God. things, those kind of – and. Um, I go, yeah, we all we all have parts of this fascination for these things. And I, I say, like, I love um, I love like taxidermy. And if, if we're in, especially in America, you've got to come to Austin. Um, you'll find in, in America and in, in some of the states, like up around Montana and stuff, and um, and also around not so much Austin, but around you know, that kind of part of the West there, you, you still find taxidermy shops. You still find them, you know, where people, yeah. where it's a craft and people yes. do it, you know. Mm. And, um, yeah, I've, I've always had, I've, as a kid, I also knew somebody who had a stag's head in their, I think it was in the living room, you know, watching TV with them or something. That um, is right there, yes. Yeah, and, and then, you know, you think about how it, as we evolve in, in our consciousness of these things that it was only probably, goodness, in the last 20 years that with computer cut um, or CNC cut um, uh, plywood that we were, people were shoving stags heads on their in their living rooms and or in their yes. kitchens and you know all these things because you could buy them modularly they could flat pack them and you, know, you could buy them and send them off and you could put them together yourself. Um, My son's got one in his yeah, room. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know, and so it's not it's just a shift in that connection really. Um, yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't, yeah, it's obviously it's a bit like, oh, yuck. Um, oh, here comes the cat. He's going to get taxidermied next. I tell yeah, you. right. Um, <laughs> it's on the short list. <laughs> it's on the list. <laughs> okay, you're not leaving. It's just you won't be kind of the same. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it fell out of favor. But I think being a designer and being subjected to like so many different things and I have been to uh, there was one client that I met her husband was a shooter and yeah. um he wanted to include a, a stag head in the design and um I never got to finish the job actually we it things went a bit pear-shaped with that one unfortunately but I was excited because it's like oh finally I you know I get to use something like that which is kind yeah. of you know, Absolutely. unusual and, and it's different and, how, you know, how can I make that work? But um, I guess as I sort of start to come into myself a bit and, and, and ageing a bit now, um, perhaps I'll get a bit more confidence with those sorts of things. But, yeah, I have I, I call it my cabinet of curiosities. I have this big cabinet with which I keep all my which weird is little pieces in, yeah. And then um, Ray, who's too big, the badger, he's sitting up on um on top of a, another cabinet that the other two little ones fit in there nicely but I was in Byron Bay with Shelley the house that we were um 
it's like it's kind of not staying at, but we're um, the hub that they called it for our retreat. They had two beautiful peacocks, and one of them was on the stairs with this pelican. Um, they had heaps actually, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is so cool!" That's so I don't know what the that. other girls thought, but I was thrilled. <laughs> I was like, "Yay! This this is my thing." <laughs> I think it's really cool with things like that. So, like really, really cool. Um, there's a, a fabulous um, site that I follow on uh, Instagram. Um, I follow a, a particular guy and he owns a range of hotels. And um, in this range of hotels that he has, he has one called the Deer Mountain Inn. And, of course, it has some taxidermy in there as well. Um, and he also owns the Urban Cowboy. I don't know whether you've ever seen the Urban Cowboy, but there's one in Nashville and one in um, Brooklyn. And he also owns the Dive Motel. And they're all very different, but really great inspiration. But Deer Mountain Inn will be your, it, it's woodsy and it's, um, yeah, it's got like stag's heads and stuff like that in there as well. It's, uh, oh, it's very cool. <laughs> um, Shelley and I were talking about, you know, one of these things where if you could do a project, any project in it, uh, what would it be? And we said, you know, well, it would be a boutique hotel. And um, I don't know whether you've ever been to the Madonna in, in um, San Luis Obispo on the California coast there, but every room is different. Every room's yeah. different. Like, yeah. And it, it's the kind of place that has all those crazy things as well. So you yeah. could stay in, you know, the... Indian, you know, teepee room or the Flintstone room or the whatever room, you know, <laughs> awesome. the, the cave yeah. room. Yeah, um, it's a, it's an institution, the Madonna room. But I go and seek those things out, you know, and like if, if I was doing a hotel, I would want it all of a similar theme, but I would let it have all those curiosities in there as well. Yes, I'd love to do that too because it just makes it interesting. There's a story like, yeah. you know, people come over and they're like, oh, wow, and then the kids get the things out and they're like, look at the bear claw. And, yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, my God, is that a real skull? And, and then all the little stories behind them and, yeah. It comes, it comes rushing out of that space, yeah. Absolutely. It does. Yeah, so, it's quite amazing. Like living in a museum almost. Yes, that's yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which so, I'd be quite happy to live in a museum. I always thought I should live in a castle. Like, yeah. Every I'm little girl there. does. <laughs> yeah, every little girl thinks she should live in a castle at some point. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Uh, too funny. Um so you started out in New Zealand. Um, and you came here like when you were in your early 20s. Yeah. Um, and tell me, how did you end up, for, like you arrived here and then how did you end up in the interior design industry? What, what happened there? What, okay. it took what a little got you on while. that crazy journey? Um, yes, it was a bit of a crazy journey. So I arrived 21 with a backpack um, and $2,000 and stayed in a hospital. Rich. Yeah. So I was so rich. Gosh. So this is nearly 30 years ago, yeah. Um, stayed in Glebe. I came over with a friend who was actually my old boyfriend from when I lived in Palmerston North, but he was just a friend because I lived in Auckland and I roped him into coming over with me. And we went to stayed in Glebe and um, there was a hostel there in Glebe, which has now been converted into beautiful little apartments, but back then it was a hostel. 
And we lived there for six months and then I moved into a flat on Glebe Point Road above a shop with a load of travellers and it was absolutely crazy. And I was doing temping work and I started working for Westpac Bank in accounts payable. Um, And then I um, just uh, was there for a few, probably about two years in accounts payable and then um, wanted to do something different and thought, oh, human resources, I want to be in human resources, I want to work with people and HR. So I started doing an HR diploma um, outside of school. By then I'd moved out of that Glebe area and I was living in... um, south in Carlton or Colgr- uh, somewhere down there in a in a um a flat above a pub <laughs> <laughs> and I had a little motorbike and I would go to the local TAFE and I'd study my HR yeah um and then I worked in HR for about three or four years at Westpac Bank and then my dad died um oh, no. Yeah, back in New Zealand. So yeah. he was 49, the same age I am now. And I... Um, that's young to lose dad, eh? Like, yeah, mm. it's, that sparked a whole big sort of change of things. So I got bullied at work um, in HR, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> You're meant to be the bully, bugger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was so I was sad and I was you know here and my family was my mum was back in New Zealand and dad had passed away and so I ended up looking for another job and I ended up in working in a place called select appointments and I was a recruitment officer there Mm -hmm. Um, and I did really well actually it was a very salesy job and you were interviewing people and but I was also having to ring up you know, places and go, I've got this great receptionist. Would you like a receptionist? And, you know, getting right. jobs. Um, and then my, we, I got married, my husband and I. Um, so I was 27, 28, I think, when we got married, 1999, I can't remember. We bought our first ha- um, home. And the second we moved in, the very, that first weekend, we started renovating and sort of bringing right. it apart wow. and then that just it all kind of started from there I was like, oh my god this is awesome and we ripped out the back of this little old it was like a little long narrow place and there was a pool in the backyard but it mm-hmm. was all like dark and so we ripped all the back of it out um, and put the big bifold doors in and did the you know, indoor, outdoor flow. And um, I was watching every single episode of The Block back then and reading everything I could. And then I, um, and still at select appointments, but then when I, I got pregnant with my first child and um, I had sent away, I was hating work by then. I really wanted to work in design. Yeah, and right having designed my own home at that point and um, I'd sent away for some information from the School of Colour and Design and because I'd I'd read all the magazines I had piles and piles of um, you know home magazines yeah right all your inspo magazines all my inspo magazines and back in those days you had to fill out the coupon and post it you didn't email 
Anyway, the shut up. The time. <laughs> right. Point point to the badger and say, I'm warning you. <laughs> the stuff arrived and it was um four thousand dollars for the course and back then we didn't have a lot of money so yeah. i just I so went, it was oh, an awful lot of money awful yeah. lot of money i thought can't afford that so i just tucked the thing back into the magazine and i put it away somewhere and then a few months later one of my friends came to stay at our house well, we went away for a weekend. We had a dog and a cat. She looked after the animals. And she was reading the magazines and she found the piece of paper or found the information and she wrote a note in it to me, Jodie, you should really do this. But then she put it back in the magazine. And then another six months after that, I didn't know she'd done that. Yeah. I was clearing up some stuff and I picked up this particular magazine and it fell out in my lap and I went, it's a sign it's a sign sign. that's from my dad I have to do this um because you know dad had passed yeah and so I said to Steve we have to do this I've got to find the money we rang the school and they said yep you can pay it off you can you know so we we have terms yeah yeah we have terms so we paid the deposit and I paid it off and it was a 12-month course and I'd go into the rocks um one day a week and then I would come home and I was obsessed beyond belief. I would be up till one, two in the morning just painting the chips and doing all the, learning all the things and mm-hmm. the colours and I did, oh, God, just so much more than what anyone else actually did and two months into it I said, bugger this, I'm starting my own business and um, that's it, I'm, yeah, and I get and because, um, Cameron was only a few months old, so I was on maternity leave. And I, um, yeah, gave up my job and I made these little flyers and I called myself Jodie Carter Interior Decoration or something, I think it was, and I walked around the streets with my little ha- um, my hat and sunglasses and I dropped off these flyers. To and people's got, houses. To people's houses. Yeah. And I got my first job and I just did colour consulting to start with. Awesome. Um, and then it just grew and grew and grew and I've, yeah, I've never looked back. I've never stopped. Do you, know what, do you know what I love about that story is, is you had to, it didn't sound like you had to overcome a whole lot of fear, but you just continually took action towards yeah. what you wanted to do and and continually taking action um and most of it probably fairly unguided (laughs) um very unguided i had no idea it breaks down the barriers and the thing you know like i i interviewed samantha wills and then talking to samantha she said oh go if i'd known what i know now i probably would have never been you know it it, Mm. being naive gave her all the energy to keep going because if she'd foreseen you know being eighty thousand dollars in debt and etc etc she would have never gone there Mm. but she went there and just takes continuous action constant to this day samantha takes continuous action constantly and um you know like she's just launched her big master class as well and you and you look at that and you go she is so um focused on giving Mm-hmm. And but that continuous action, just I love it. I love it. I think it's brilliant. And 
it takes being brave for 20 seconds. My wife always says that. You only need to be brave for 20 seconds. Yes. That's 20 so seconds true. of bravery yeah. will take you everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might have to stack another couple of 20s on behind, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, you just ne- never look back. Like ice forward, just, just keep going and just one step at a time. And Yeah. yeah. That's what it was. So what, um, I mean, obviously you started out with doing colour consulting and then you moved it into full interior design services. And um, with that, you know, you have a network of, I suppose, people that you, your your trades and those kind of Mm -hmm. things. And if you had to describe your style, what would you describe it as being? Like, I shouldn't say uh, I should say your style, but the client ends up, well, tell me the client journey with mm. you. Um, that's probably a better way of putting that question. What's the client's journey with you and your style? Yeah, because my style is probably, if, if, if I came into their house and right, they're having a cabinet of curiosities. and yep. this I've got that, a couple of go. dogs with me. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Hold my um, cat. oh my god um it's yeah so the style I guess um there's a lot of blue in everything I do and that's probably one thing that sort of seems to be continuous is um is color yeah um when you look at my website or the jobs that I've done there seems to be a lot of blue but and I can so when I I mean is that a conscious decision I just love blue. Um, yeah, right. Okay. So it is. It's a, It's. It's just yeah. part of you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So if someone says to me, "We want orange," I'm like, "Ooh, no." Um, Maybe we're yeah. not a match. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> or if they want purple, I can't do purple. That's yeah, me. right. Yeah, I've realised that now. I can't do purple. Um, I can do it if it's a kids' room, but I can't do it if it's a house. Um, it has to be like blues and greens and sort of muted or, yeah, yeah, that's really weird that how that's kind of come across. And where does that come from? Obviously you like it, but is there something rooted in your history, you know, like in deepest, darkest Palmerston North, or should I say brightest, sunniest Palmerston North? Is there something that that tells that story of those colours or that um, mood, you know, like? I always think of the blues and the greens, the difference between them in Australia and New Zealand, and we'll yeah. exclude Tasmania from um, from Australia oh. while I say this, mm. but the blues and the greens um, of New Zealand are so different from the blues and the greens of here, uh, of Australia. Um, they're, here they're, they're, more, uh, they're a softer tone. In New Zealand they're a sharper, brighter tone. Um, yes. There's there's a different colour in the air, you know. It's sort of a bit like you go to Greece, and the the blues in Greece are very um, vibrant, and the whites are really yeah. vibrant. Whereas mm-hmm. in New Zealand, the whites aren't as vibrant, but no. the blues and the tonal sort of layering of the landscape and blues there is really strong. But it's different, you know. You go to say the Blue Mountains here, and you look at those when they when they get those colours, it's still a different tone because of the colour mm. of the air. Mm. So that's why I go, oh, is there somewhere that it, it comes from? I um, I know that I, I, um, I'm very attached to when I look at landscapes and stuff, there's, there'll be parts of my travel history mm-hmm. that it triggers. 
um, whether I, you know, some days it'll just be have that sort of, I want to say smoggy kind of look, but it's not necessarily smog, but yeah. it always takes me to Los Angeles. And in Los Angeles, it is smog, but it always takes me to Los Angeles. You know, when we had uh, dust storms um, a, a few years back in Brisbane, uh, as they came, so before it got really heavy, it reminded me of being in um, Los Angeles, that filtered kind of light that comes through. Uh, and so I'm very attached to the, how that light falls. Mm. And, um, yeah, so I wondered, that's why I said, oh, is there something in your past that brings that up? I don't know um, so much the past. It's a weird kind of thing. I don't even know how to explain it, but um, the freshness. I guess growing up in Palmerston North, it was all um, green, green, really Mm. You know, strong green. Vibrant um, green and, 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 vibrant and deep green. greens. Yeah, deep. the contrasty and greens. Very sort of fresh. And I remember, you know, flying into Australia for the first time and seeing all these red roofs and terracotta and red dirt and thinking, oh, my God, that's just so weird. Like So different, yeah. So, so different. Um, yeah, and every single roof was red, whereas it's not really like that in in New Zealand, New no. New Zealand. Um, blue of my dad had, we always had boats. We were at Lake Taupo um, every single right. holiday for ever and ever. So there's a big thing with water, um, you know, throughout my whole life. And dad always, like we left um, Palmerston North for Auckland because dad wanted to build boats and he, he used to race little boats. So every weekend we'd be at boat racing in Palmerston North. And, so you're um, always surrounded with water. And, yeah. With water, yeah. As much as we lived in the middle of Palmerston North, which had no which, water. No water, yeah. No, nothing. <laughs> exactly. Um, aside from the middle of the square or something that had a like a fountain. But, yeah, so that's always been a bit of a, a thing. Um, and, yeah, so that, that's what the... The, the colour the that common shows up, theme yeah. that I sort of, yeah, I start to see, I'm starting to see with my designs is that I do seem to introduce a lot of that. Um, but when I, yeah, the, the actual design, like I'll spend a lot of time with my clients talking about them and how they live and how they want to live and how they want to use a space and, you know, who do, who sits on the couch at night? Is it just you? Who uses it when and yes. do you sit in couches or in separate chairs or do you, yeah. you know, sleep on the left-hand side of the bed or the right-hand side of the bed? Well, you know, all those kind of functional. And, and I always am fascinated with the houses, with the rooms, you know, the hierarchy of, of, of a room, you know, when, when it's used. Like my favourite one's the kitchen, you know. Like if you've got kids, it's a workspace yes. in the mornings get them out of the house, fed to school, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. And then it becomes, a, it's got to be able to range all the way through to being an entertaining venue. Mm -hmm. um, so it's got to be able to do all those things. And at some point, if you've got a family, like you've got everybody in the same damn space at the same time, all trying to achieve a different thing within an hour. And you go, yes. my God, this room's got to cope with that, <laughs> you know? Those Give me a laundry that nobody wants to go into. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, all those sorts of things, it's huge. I, 
what you have to consider, um, you know, a bit of marriage counselling thrown in. Oh, that's there's heaps of that, and that's how I think we improve their lives as well too. Yes. Like, you know, that someone's got a space, you know, for their thing, or you know, the husband likes to lie on the lounge, and she's always squashed up in the corner. So I'm like, okay, well, I have to make sure that that lounge is long enough that he can lie and she can still have her feet up and she's comfortable. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. All because those, it, it, yeah. the solution isn't a chair for her. No. no it's a it's, bigger lounge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And even, yeah, the way that they sleep, who sleeps on what side. Um, you come across a lot of um, now I have with the, the clientele who have a bit more money, a lot of them will have separate bedrooms. Um, yeah. Because they sleep better and, yeah. you know, and that's good. That's, that's good a really interesting thing, isn't it? You know, like this is sort of a taboo kind of thing that people think, oh, it's really taboo. The number mm. of um, homes we design where we will design separate bedrooms yeah. um, for, for couples mm. and, sometimes it'll be because they work at very different hours or yeah. you know they do different kinds of um work or they just sleep so much better yes. they you know and even um we've designed a few where they've got you know two queen beds in one bedroom mm-hmm. so it's um yes. they they just sleep they go I sleep better <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And they're quite, you know, these are healthy. My heartbeat, but I haven't, I haven't put it up with her. Yeah, she'd be like, what, I can have my own room? <laughs> yeah, and they're healthy marriages, you know, oh, they're still. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, there's not. A, in fact, they're healthier marriages probably mm, because of it, not. Yeah. yeah. And they're getting to have their, their sleep and, yeah. So. Well, we um, all yes. know what it's like to be sleep deprived if we've had children. Oh, and, um yeah, exactly. Mm. And if it's a mm. constant interruption, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's fascinating. I just recently bought us a new bed and um, <laughs> it uh, it's a brand called Hypnos, which has um, got the royal seal on it. And oh, uh, beautiful, beautiful bed, like really mm. beautiful bed. And I bought it kind of without my wife knowing Oh, really? Mm. Which I did the previous bed as well. Um, and uh, anyway, I, I said to her, look, I've, I told her it was coming. And anyway, this bed arrived. And I think she might have been away, though, when it arrived. Or yeah, I think she was for a day or something. Anyway, she um, when she's like, it, it better be good. Like, it, it you know, like... <laughs> And she had been complaining about our old bed because it was so hard. It was like sleeping on the floor, which yeah. I quite I quite liked. Yeah. And um, anyway, so I bought this new bed and she got in this bed and she just went, oh, my God, it's, this is unbelievable. Oh, that's fabulous. And even to the point where she goes, she doesn't think I snore and that I don't know whether I do or not. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I don't. Um, <laughs> but but she she is she'll say to me, just it's only probably about maybe two months old now. She'll just say to me, that bed is just divine. Yes. Just that's divine. And getting that sleep. 
and that mm. quality of sleep is everything. Yeah. yeah. No, so it's really important. Yeah. It, and that's probably why we're still sleeping in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's and it's, I mean, I can't talk because I don't have a successful marriage, but um, I do have a good bed. But um, yeah, anyway, that's, yeah. So, but asking all of those questions and, you know, that's how the designs evolve. So they're all very personal to each client and the way that they want Which to Which is live. kind of the fun of it, isn't it? Like, you know, digging in and finding them, finding the client and them finding themselves in the journey as well. Yes, yeah. It's amazing and it is such a journey and they learn so much as mm. well. And, yeah, you come out the other end and... Um, and they're so happy and it's so grateful and they just are loving their home or they fall back in love with their home again. And, yeah. you know, because a lot of them are renovations where, yeah, you walk in and you just... and Of course. And yeah. Eastern so, suburbs and stuff, it's going to be a lot of renovations because of the fact that the house is already there. Yes, you know, there's not right. that many empty blocks or no. if it's not that many knockdown rebuilds either, really, considering oh, the number of homes. And, that yeah, there. with the, yeah. Um, definitely not. It's it tends to be because it'll be some sort of beautiful home yes. already that's got gorgeous bones that just needs yeah to be personalised and it and just needs to belong to the client. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. they're happy to just live there and love it, and yeah, it works. It's, it's a beautiful, joyful journey um, design, you know, with people and and being able to. You've obviously got the personality to bring it out in people as well and take them on that journey and stretch them to new spaces, but you know, mm -hmm. within the safety of where they want to be. Yes. Um, so what, what's next? What's going to happen next? What's your business doing next? What's uh, Or what do you see? You can do two pieces here. One is, is what's next? And what do you see as um, key important things uh, that we maybe we've learned from the pandemic. Mm. Oh, about mm. the importance of home. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So what's next? So I um, well, I'm doing coaching at the moment. Well, with Andrew Mitchell, the design mm -hmm. coach. So I'm doing some business coaching, um, helping me to be accountable for my my goals. Like I've always had goals and set goals, and um, sometimes I set way too many. Um, and then once I finish up with that one, and he's also been very good at getting me in touch with my the uh, my wellness side, mm -hmm. um, which I'm a bit slack about sometimes because I just do everything for others and don't do much for myself. So self-nurturing, he's given you a lesson about that. Yes, and, and like my learning, you know, introducing me to meditation and all those sorts of things. But, you know, that, it's funny because they are things that, um I used to do lots of have lots of that time to myself and do those sorts of um, healing things and cards and angel things but before kids but then kids come along and everything changes and you forget that part of yourself um so what's next in the business after that I'm actually going to be do, I'm joining um like a master group um it's called business of design boss so mm -hmm. kimberly selden is my design guru um who she's based in the us and i found her uh just about two years ago now and she's transformed my business from um 
an okay business to and a much, much better business. So I'm going to take on this BOD boss group and I'm learning more about how to be a boss boss. I want to expand and I want to have um, another couple of, you know, senior interior designers. Um, I still want to design. I think I'll, I'll design forever. I'll never stop designing. Yeah. But I also really want to create this business and I want an exit plan so I can either sell it um, at the end. I doubt that any of my kids would take it over. They're not interested. Um, but to sell it and have a way out at the end and, and kind of semi-retire. Um, yeah, so that's... Um, Big things. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at how I'm going to get out of it eventually, but I, I still love it. Like I, my plan is to work in here till I'm sort of like 75 years old is what yes. I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, and I also want to speak um, and train. Um, I want to do my own bit of like talking and, and training young designers. So this big home that I have bought, which I'm sitting in the hovel of it at the moment, but I bought this massive big house and it has a huge, like 3.3 metre high ceilings and there's all panelling and arches and everything yeah, wow. everywhere. And I want to, so this is my, my, my next project. Purple. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, so I want to do like a bit of a British colonial um, vibe, but I yeah. also want to use this as a space to um, have some design, some young designers in, and make some money, I guess, as well. But also a training, you know, like do some talks and things. Sure, and actually take them on the journey, start them on the journey to yeah. um, understanding the craft of design. That's right. That's yeah. really exciting. Will, will that be the Jodie Carter School of Design? Oh, my God, maybe it will be. Wow, <laughs> thank you for that. Okay, that's the name. Yay, thanks to Jodie Carter School of Design. I love it. I'm writing it down. That's it. It's locked in. It's locked um, in. But, yeah, that's something I love to give back, and I have become a little bit of a mentor to a few um, younger designers coming mm -hmm. up. They've heard me on the Business of Design podcast and, and various different things. So um, I do really enjoy helping them, and because I've been through, I've made every mistake possible, I've done everything wrong, Um that yeah, I've I've got a lot that I can. That you can I can offer share. an awful lot from that. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. each one yeah. of them's a learning, and yeah. um, and not yeah. and every one of them's a stepping stone to success. None of them stopped you. You know that's no. that thing. Take action. Oh, mm -hmm. I, I worked in innovation for a while, um, oh, training people at Airbus and um, some some other big corporates and stuff around the world in innovation techniques and you know we have a, a culture of failing of, of failure failure is bad and um we in innovation work and in innovation training um we want to fail forward and fail fast so we want to so we fail fast but we fail forward so it, it it's always and and you know as a designer you're a problem solver Yes, and so absolutely. without a yeah without a problem mm. and and you've that's a, a way of viewing things you know you go okay well this isn't this needs to change so therefore it's a problem mm. um 
so it's not necessarily an overwhelming problem or something like that, but that's how you actually take it to that next um, that next level. And if we can fail forward and fail fast, yes. um, then we can get through those things. And I always think with clients, I say to them, look, this is a bit like me throwing bait in the water and I'm seeing to see what your eyes light up on. Because in my bag, I've got so much bait. Mm -hmm. I've got it for all different kinds of fish. I've got all different kinds of hooks. I've got all different kinds of lines. I'm just seeing which one you bite. Uh -huh. yeah. So it's only an idea. It's mm -hmm. like bait in the water. You might swim right past it and that's okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but that's my analogy for that. I think that thing of um, being able to pass it on and train, train and find people who want to grow and um, learn and make it a career is really, really valuable to be able to pull yeah. those people around you. Um, hey, partly because they ask you the dumbest questions, which are the best questions because you've forgotten to ask them for yourself for so many years. Yes. It, may, it takes you back to your very, you know, those basics. And then B, because what it does is it invigorates you with their youth and their um, oh. possibility. Yes. You know, yeah. they, they don't see what they don't see yet. And that's no. the, that's the most beautiful thing. Mm. You know? that's, yes, that's lovely. Yeah. No, mm. I'm so excited to be able to do that. And I, I can't wait, actually. So, yeah, that's going to be pushing me along to be able to do that. And, yeah. so and then fun. that lets me leave some sort of legacy, I guess. That's um, True. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yep. Hopefully my kids have learned something from me too, but they're all kind of going in different directions. I'm going to taxidermy that cat right now. Right now? We're going to start now? <laughs> oh, too funny. Yeah. God, he's a nuisance. Oh, look, we've got a he's cat. <laughs> we've got a cat called Charlie, and if you get up in the middle of the night and just walk to the kitchen, Charlie will be right beside you yelling at you <laughs> to go outside and feed her or to go, you know, what well, I don't know, whatever. Yes. Oh. Whatever. I, I spend more time ignoring her than I do, you know, talking to her because she'll just, yeah, yeah. But she, she does. She just hounds you, hounds you. That's her, that's her gift. <laughs> she's re she's relentless with the hounding. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, Jody, it's been an awesome chat, hun. I've really, <laughs> really, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Um, can you send me a photo of the cat when it's been taxidermied? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Actually, I, I I'd like to see it show up in a few house photos on your website. <laughs> Just oh, carry, carry it around in your bag and just pop it into the odd corner here and there. That's so funny because the cat skeleton that I've got, which is in a little box, which I stole from a school, yeah. you know, that it's like one of the ones that they use for training. But I, I'd taken the kids into this drama thing and we were all there and I saw it. It was outside the, um, the bathrooms and I was like, oh, wow, that's, I'm having that. It looked like it was in a pile of stuff to be chucked out for a collection. Yeah, so I right. stuck it in my big handbag and I didn't tell the kids. And we got back to the car and I went, look what I've got. And I opened my handbag and pulled out this cat skeleton in the box. And I'm like, oh, mum. 
Oh, mom. So I, can, I know I can fit one in my handbag. <laughs> you know it's portable. <laughs> I'll just put them in a the little perspex box and off we go. Off you oh, go. my God. Yes. Years ago, I lived in South Africa, um, you know, when I was doing all my big OE stuff and I lived in Johannesburg. And anyway, um, uh, I went to one of my friends, you know, or person I'd met, you know, one of their homes. And when I say homes, they were like flats. But mm-hmm. So we, they call them communes there, but um, it yeah. was a flat. And um, and we go round to this flat and walk in. And as you walked in, there was a picture of the queen, like an oil painting of the queen. Beautiful, beautiful oil painting. And um, my dad's a fine artist. And so I was like, wow. I said, whose is that? And they said, well, it's actually the embassies. Oh, my goodness. I said, and how? And they said, well, yeah. One one of us did the other one to steal it from the embassy, and we did. <laughs> <laughs> so they took it off the wall in the at British embassy. Oh my god, that is classic. In Johannesburg or in Pretoria, I think it yeah. was, and um, walked out the door with it, and it sat in their flat. I've always had a little giggle about having a an act. You can imagine the thing's probably worth a fair bit of money. Like they should oh have probably, you'd go God. to jail for that sort of stuff. Um, but it hung in their flat. And I always think, you know, this was years and years ago. I always think back to, I wonder where it is now. Yes, I wonder. Gosh, I wonder where that wonder. oil painting is now. You know, and one day it maybe will turn up in somebody's garage sale and some curator will go, shit, that's that piece that we came from <laughs> famous artist in Britain who had the Queen sit for him. Oh, my God. It'll be a thing on the news, <laughs> painting discovered in garage. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh exactly. <laughs> last, last seen in the British Embassy in Pretoria. <laughs> oh, yeah, very classic. Uh, stories like that always are fascinating. Um, well, that, as I say, has been a great chat. I've really, really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to, A, the boutique hotel um, with taxidermy. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it should be the taxidermy hotel. Oh, my God. Is that, a, would that, be, that might scare quite a few people away, though, the taxidermy hotel. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yes, I'll get all sorts. Yeah. Scare them away. No, you don't want the ones who don't. Yeah, exactly. You want the Dita Von Teasers in there. You want that kind of like. Yes, because there has to be those people that would actually really appreciate that. Absolutely. That would be the genius of it. And Mm. it would be um, so fabulous because they would would get the, the highlight reel. You know, they yeah. would be the ones who get to enjoy it all. Mm. Um, yeah. And it would be such a beautiful theme. <gasps> oh, my head's spinning. I've, I've got visions already. Okay. Me, me too. Yeah. I actually just had this great vision of a, an all-white room. Yeah. But it had, because my mind first went to dark and then my, my mind just went to, so it's all white with tons and tons of light and skulls because the skulls are white. So they're oh. just shadows and the, you know, it's only the way the light can play on them that makes them yeah. 
become something and then imagine lighting that room at night oh how cool wouldn't it have lights inside those yeah yeah absolutely yeah and i was thinking i was going down the peacock room and i had i had the peacock in my Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. yeah dark (laughs) yeah I like the skull idea too. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and the rooms can be rented from anywhere from half an hour to depending on what you <laughs> depending on what your pleasure is. <laughs> Shelly boy, yes. you will be a partner in this business. <laughs> <laughs> she will be thrilled. <laughs> Jody, oh, thanks so much, hun. I'm Thank so looking you, forward to releasing this one. Um, <laughs> I'll see you when I'm in Sydney next. Yes, please, 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 please. That Guaranteed. Awesome. Okay. Thank um, you. We'll post all your socials and all that kind of stuff um, so people know how to get hold of you and where they'll find you lurking with your badger. <laughs> Thank you, Adrian. I love it. Cheers. It's been a pleasure. It absolutely okay. has. Have a great right. day. Okay. See ya. Thanks, hon. Bye. Bye. Richard's Magic Arrows is brought to you by the Architect Marketing Institute. Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. Now, I know feed pressure is one of the biggest things facing designers. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There is no one golden bullet for it. Uh, if it was, it was probably select the right type of clients. But if you're in a situation where you're being pressured on fees, I'm going to give you a way of dealing with it. And it's by asking, let's say, three questions. And this is called takeaway selling. So this is where you kind of offer something up and then you take it away and see if they follow you. It's almost like imagine if you had some hot ch- chocolate cookies and you had a plate full of them. You put them in front of them, someone and then they went to reach out and then you, you pulled it away and you see if they get up and follow you. It's that type of thing. So this is called takeaway selling. So the first question you ask, you say, well, why don't you just leave the situation as it is? Why, why make the change? That's an unusual thing for a designer to say. Well, why not just leave it as it is? And see how they answer. And then you might say, well, why did you want to speak to me? Why did you not get someone else? And see if they follow you. See if they answer properly. And the third question would be, well, Why not do it later? Now, by asking these negative questions, you're going to get a lot more information out of someone than by trying to convince them to do it. Because by pulling the plate of hot cookies away, they're either going to react or they're not. And if they do react and give you answers and explain why it's important, then what they're doing is telling you how important something is. Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to run better quality projects from clients who value great design and are prepared to pay great fees, I've got a special training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will.